The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as my, I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appoint you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, your commandments for us are always so simple and so hard. We ask that you would remind us every day that you have chosen us, that that reminder might free us to love all those around us. Amen. I was noticing in the lessons that we have for today that there are a number of kind of classic passages that we have. Kind of, if you're combing through card racks at a, at a store and you might see all kinds of religious-themed ones, we have a number of ones that might show up in those kinds of settings. Things that might be on magnets that you would put on your refrigerator. And some of them are hugely important, but don't rise to that level. They're kind of all over the place in a fashion. But I want to start out with the last one that comes to my mind and seems to be in sequence of the gospel reading. You did not choose me, but I chose you. It's kind of huge. It's echoed in the first reading that we have for today when Peter is looking around and says, is there anything to prevent us from baptizing these Gentiles? Is there anything that's standing in our way? I think in modern times now, there is a lot of Christianity that gets broadcast outside of our walls as a people who are very consumed with rules. People who are very concerned with don't do this, don't do that. These are the wrong kind of people. These folks don't belong. They should be kept out as if we were the ones writing the rules. As if we were the ones who were choosing. 
But Jesus says very clearly in the gospel text today, you did not choose me, I chose you. That's very different. We can think of that old time hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus, because it's all on me, (laughs) right? I should get the credit because of something I've done or how great I am. And my neighbor should not because they are not great. In fact, let me tell you all the things they're not great at. We like to keep track. In fact, in popular tent revival, evangelical sort of language, we have this sense that choosing God is something that is our role. In fact, we might almost think of a voting booth as we seem to be almost always in election season these days. That it's our job to go into this booth and we have several choices. There's God, country, fame, fortune. And we are to choose God. But a reminder in the text today that that's not how it works at all. That God is the one who is doing the voting and God has already voted for us. We have been chosen. Not because of how clever we are or how many good things we've done, regardless of how much jello we've brought into potlucks or whatever the case might be, but because God loves us. And that's kind of the end of that story in a fashion. Seems appropriate that we would be reading these lessons on Mother's Day as we think of all of those things that we show up on the scene with that we don't choose. The color of our eyes, our hair, where we live, whether we're rich or poor, whether we're tall or short, what language we speak, what schools we go to, what our name is. We did not choose, but God chose for us. There's this powerful sense of being accepted and loved regardless of the things that often get in our way. And there are things that get in our way. It's a long list as we think of them, the things that divide us as a people, the things that make us different from one another that we like to draw lines around and barriers to keep people in place. But that's not what the text is calling us to be about. And notice the first text where we hear Peter talking about baptism. It's interesting as Gentiles, I guess we might call ourselves on some level, that there was a time when we were the outsiders. The ones who were lost with perhaps no hope. The insiders, the Jewish group that Peter was a part of, And this big tension, in fact, the text goes on beyond our reading today because Peter baptized all these Gentiles and then when he went back to Jerusalem, they said, what are you doing? You can't just go out there baptizing people all over the place. There are rules. They have to do certain things. Or do they? I think that's in many ways the power 
of the text that we have for today is that God has chosen us. Now, I think the the challenge in the text, though, is we like to leave it in that place. We like to stop right there and kind of bask in this chosenness. But there is a profound sense of what follows being chosen. Jesus talks about his friends. He says, no longer are you my servants, but you are my friends. My friends are the ones who do what I command them. It's kind of a curious definition of friendship. (laughs) One of the things with this text that I think is a challenge is that God accepts us wholeheartedly, without reservation, brings us in regardless of all the rules and limitations that we put in place, the things that often keep people out, But God also asks things of us. In fact, God asks for all of us that we would love one another as Christ loved us. In a self-sacrificing sort of way, a way that is for others before it is for ourselves. It's not perfect in this world. It's the kind of thing that wakes us up in the morning sometimes feeling a little bruised, rubbed the wrong way. But in many ways, that's why we celebrate Holy Communion every week. That we are reminded of our baptism every week because we need it at least that often. Those reminders, those assurances. In the text today, we are called to love in a self-sacrificing sort of way. A love that bears fruit. Last week we heard about fruit. This sense that we are to do something for others. And it's always fascinated me in the New Testament, these agricultural images. There aren't a lot of ornamental images. It's not about flowers or things that look pretty. But rather the fruit is supposed to be produced. So, as we look at all of these powerful phrases that we are called to love one another as Christ loved us, that God chose us, we did not choose God, and even that phrase from Peter, what is to stand in our way of baptism, is a reminder to us that God in many ways, like a mother, loves us without exception, without rule, without expectation. But we are also called to respond to that love, mirroring it towards those around us. Amen.